Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. Scott and I are really excited to introduce you to our special guest, Nicole Carpenter. She is a writer, author, and speaker who loves to help women find room to breathe and make time for what matters most. She may or may not rely on chocolate hidden in the fridge to make everything happen. She lives in Kaysville, Utah with her husband and their four children. And Nicole, welcome. Wait, wait, wait. Just a sec here. The, this is only for women. The men have to tune out. What we talk about is aimed at, at women. But if these men are smart, they will listen in because it can definitely help their interactions with the women in their lives. They might even learn some things, too. There you go. And that's why I've, I've invited Scott and made sure he's next to me today as my co-host because our last episode, he was missing in action. I was just uh, reading volume 362 of Understanding Women, and so this will be perfect. Great. <laughs> so, Nicole, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, well, I'm in a different place now than I was five years ago when I started my company. Now I've got a 12-year-old daughter, a 9-year-old son, and 6-year-old twin boys. So I'm, I'm almost to that sweet spot where they're in the fall they'll all be in school all day. Oh, man, Nicole, I so remember those days when my kids were all little and my youngest was finally going to be in school. What are you going to do with all your free time? I know. I'm still trying to figure that out. I, it, <laughs> it's like a foreign country to me. I don't even know what to do. Excuse Scott over here coughing. Yeah, sorry. I got a tickle in my throat. I'm all right. <laughs> so just a, a couple of weeks ago, I saw something online that was being shared everywhere. And I looked closely and I thought, oh, my goodness, that is my friend Nicole, that, that beautiful mom. And you were being featured on LDS.org blog, blog site that I contributed an article to a couple of months ago. And it really caught my eye because it was entitled, For Stressed Moms, Six Steps to Finding Better Balance. And at the time, as I was scrolling through Facebook and seeing this article being shared, I had been tending my little grandchildren all week, little four-year-old and two-year-old. And was not used to the, you know, 24-7 busyness of having little children. And so then I saw your article and I thought, oh, my goodness, perfect timing. And perfect time to share to my daughters that are, are in that busy stage with these little ones. Yeah, it was kind of fun how, how that article took off on social media. It's definitely something that's needed among moms of all ages. Yeah, and finding better balance. I mean, we all, we're all looking for balance in our life. Yeah, and, and that's what I've kind of helped overwhelmed women find through Mom Entity, that's my company, is how they can tap into some core beliefs or core ideas and overcome that overwhelm. Oh, man, your words of wisdom is so needed. It's so easy to be caught up and feel overwhelmed in this fast-paced world. 
And let's let's back up a little bit. Tell me what was your drive behind starting your mom entity? Well, it was my kids actually. I wasn't planning on having twins. They were identical. It was a completely fluke thing. We were just going to have three kids. And so that whole experience was a surprise, finding out that there were two babies in there instead of one. And what ended up happening through that pregnancy and then through raising those babies, I had to kind of shut down all other areas of my life, those the outreach things that I was doing for myself professionally or my own hobbies and interests and dedicate all of my time to raising those, those kids. I had um, four kids, five years old and younger once those twins were here. And I was so grateful, Becky, that I could make those, those choices. I was grateful that I had that option, but what I didn't expect is the spiral that it would send me into after about a year and a half of completely losing myself as a person and as an individual. And I found myself in a dark place. Uh, it was, it was negative, but yet the life I was living in was positive. So it was hard for me to even express what I was feeling because from the outside looking in, everything was great, but I was, I was miserable. I loved my life, but I no longer loved myself in my life. And that brought me to recognizing six things that I was not doing that I needed to do. And I quickly implemented those things and realized that I needed to be a voice for all the other women out there that felt the same way I did and didn't know where to turn. What were the six things that, that came to you that you implemented that helped? Yeah. So I, I call them six mom resolutions are the things that I talked about in that article as well. They're actually the foundation of mom entity. So mom entity is the idea of motherhood and identity coming together. So that's, that's where mom entity comes from. So the six principles, the first one is I am valuable. The second is dreams are real. The third is define and protect your roles. The fourth is leverage your time. The fifth is cherish your children. And the sixth is everyone needs play dates. I agree with everybody needs play dates. <laughs> right? Hey, yeah. I, was just, I was reading on your uh, website that it just says you knew what it was like to fake happiness and to be disconnected from your kids. Well, I think part of it is the culture that I happen to live in, in Utah. And I know that your audience isn't just here, they're, they're everywhere. But uh, in this culture, we put a lot of emphasis on motherhood, which I think is fantastic and wonderful. But then it doesn't let us be real with the situation that, that we're in. And though I loved being a mom, um, I hated the fact that I wasn't using many of my gifts and talents and that led me to unhappiness but you know you just can't express that you you can't say that that you don't like engaging with your kids because people automatically assume that you're a bad mom and I wasn't a bad mom I was just a severely unhappy person and so fake happiness you were just kind of going through the motions yeah, I think there's so many of us that do that, and it's even worse now with social media, where we put out this image or this persona of who we think we should be, but if we pull back the curtain, we realize that it's not all happiness. It's not all peaches and cream, you know? It, it's real, and it gets ugly, and, and I think it's really important that, that we're vulnerable and that we're real and that we let each other know that there's lots of room for mistakes as well as progress. But there's the old saying of fake it till you make it. Do you, do you think that if you're not happy, 
but you put on this happy face that eventually that wears into being a happier person or you think it's uh, opposite? Goodness, that's a great question. In my experience, it postpones the spiral, but the spiral still happens. So the reason that I wasn't happy, they they were internal reasons. And so I, I wasn't living true to myself and there's never really a good long-term solution for that. I think we can fake it till we make it in a lot of areas, like learning to take care of a newborn or our first year on a new job. But I think in this instance, that didn't apply. Was this a darkness too, that you needed outside help from a medical standpoint? You know, it's possible. I didn't get to that point of needing to seek clinical help. If I hadn't taken some action myself, it probably would have gotten to that point where I would have needed some, you know, medication or a therapist or something. Help our, help our listeners understand, though, that, that are listening and thinking, you know what, I've given up everything uh, for my family. I've given up my kids. I've given up all my, or not given up Good my time. kids, given up my time for my kids. And, and now I just feel like I'm sitting here doing everything for them and I don't ever do anything for myself. Is that a bad place to be? Or is a lot of times that's where we, that's just that time of life where that's what we all do. Yes and yes. So it's absolutely a bad place to be. And it's absolutely more significant during certain phases of our life than others, right? And when you're raising kids in the very beginning, like I said, that my kids are about to go to school full time and I'll find myself with six hours a day to myself. But in order to get to this point, I had to survive those years, right? So I remember walking into grocery stores with all of my kids in tow and the cute little old ladies would look at you and you're stressed out and you're, just, I'm a, you know, I'm just a big hot mess. And the old ladies would say, Oh honey, just enjoy it while it lasts. And <laughs> like, I got that. Like I realized that, it wouldn't last forever, but I had to make it to the end of the day first. And if I couldn't survive to the end of the day, how was I going to survive to the end of the year or the end of the season of that, that stage in my life? But the truth of the matter is these women who are feeling that overwhelm, they've got to have an immediate solution. And it usually stems back to their lack of self-care or finding just a few things in that, that mess of overwhelm that they're passionate about and making sure that they don't let those fall off their radar. Absolutely. Prioritizing, I have found, is, is so important. And, and also learning how to say no. I was a person that if somebody asked me to do something, I thought, yeah, why, why not? They must have the confidence I can do this. So sure, I can do that. And I was, would take so much onto my plate. And oftentimes my time with my children was neglected as I was putting time into doing all these other things that were assignments that had been given to me. What kind of advice or how do you, how do you um, prioritize or say no? Yeah. Well, the first step is you have to choose what you're saying yes to first. And so that's why one of the principles is to define your roles because you've got to figure out all the different hats that you wear in your family and what's most important. And then once you know what's most important, then you weed through the things that are less important, right? And, and we do that by protecting the things that are most important. So once we know those, those key values that we have or know what our roles are, then we have to learn to say no respectfully to everything else around us. And as women, I think women struggle with this more than men. Often we say yes, just because we're afraid of, of hurting a relationship. So 
it's really important that we decide first that we're saying yes to to our, our children and those other things that are most important. And then we can actually use a formula to say no respectfully without feeling that guilt. So you've, you've obviously figured out how to uh, be a successful mother and also reward yourself in the meanwhile uh, and to feel like you are living your dreams and your life as well. Uh, there's so many couples that, that forget to go out on dates that continue to nurture that relationship. There's so many um, women that just get so busy they don't have time to just go do something, just to relax at a day spa or do something, you know, for just an hour, you know, just to collect mm-hmm. your thoughts, get their mind back in the game. What, what do you suggest? Well, it has to be a priority, right? So we have to first figure out what it is that that we're missing. And whether it's, it's your relationship with your spouse, then that has to become a priority. Or if it's your relationship with yourself that's lacking, because Either one of those could be the case that's that's leading you to be unhappy in your in your home, right? So one, if it's you, if it's if it's yourself that's lacking, then you've got to really identify what were those things that used to bring me happiness. What were my hobbies? What were my interests? And how can I implement those where I'm at now? And if you're thinking, are you kidding me? I don't even have time for the mess that is this life right now. How am I going to add something else? You've just got to decide that it's important because if you make time for a few of your interests or your hobbies or yourself, then it will help kind of shine a light on the rest of your situation. And you'll be able to find more joy when you reconnect with with your, your own self and who you're meant to be. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. So you are an author. What, yeah. what, what, what have you written and where can our audience find it? Yeah. So the book that I wrote is actually not the book that I thought I would write. Isn't that interesting? I always wanted to be a nonfiction author, which is crazy. Like who dreams of being a nonfiction author? And that's one of those dreams that I rekindled uh, five years ago during, during that, that time where I had to remember who I was and who I wanted to be. So the book that I thought I would write would be more along, um, time management or priorities. But the book that I actually wrote came from a blog post series that went viral on, on my blog. It's called 52 weeks to fortify your family, five minute messages. And it's an entire year of devotionals for, for Christian families. So it, it really taps into making time to teach your children gospel principles. And it's super easy for quick families because each chapter only takes five minutes or so to, to teach your children those principles. That was a really fun process to go through um, working with a publisher and launching a book and seeing my book on a bookshelf that I only dreamed would happen. That's when you know you're on path and on purpose when things come together like that. And, and it wasn't something that you planned or anticipated. Yeah, it's so fun. So, you know, the book can still be found in religious bookstores uh, or on Amazon. During its launch, when it was first a new book, it was even in Walmart. So that was super exciting. Oh, fun. Well, and I think it's important that we point out as well that everybody's uh, interest is different. Because uh, I'm sitting there listening. To, I mean, I don't know if this was in your time of crisis when you wrote this book or, or when you felt like compelled to do something on your own that made you feel valued again. 
that some people just like have been bowling their whole life and, and now they don't get to bowl anymore and they, and they just want so badly to just go do something like that where others want to spend time in their yard. Their, their yard's being overwhelmed with weeds and, and it looks horrible and it's bringing them down and they don't have time to take care of it. And if they just had time to do that where others might think, no, if I have free time, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to write a book. I'm not going to pull weeds. I'm going to have fun, you know, and, and everybody gets that nourishment to their soul different ways. I love that, Scott. That's so true. It doesn't really matter what our dream is. It just matters what we work towards. And even scientifically speaking, there's lots of research that proves that working towards a a dream brings us happiness or working towards a new goal brings us happiness, not even so much as achieving the, the goal, but just working towards it. And it doesn't matter how big your goal is, whether it is becoming an author or growing a great tomato plant, it doesn't really matter what that goal is. It just matters that you're working towards something. And if the goal happens to be intrinsic, then that um, the studies show that that does bring more happiness if it's something that's personal, but it can be extrinsic too. As long as we're, we're working towards something that, that serves us and our soul and our purpose and that helps us be a better person. Right. You know, at the end of the day, all we really have is our relationships or our memories that we have created. So I love that you wrote a book of the 52 Weeks to Fortify Your Family to strengthen relationships and to create memories within your family. Yeah, well, the book is an entire year of devotionals for your family. So it creates a reason for you to gather your family together and sit down with them and talk about things that are really important. From life lessons, you know, talking about values like honesty and kindness to more serious gospel based or, or church-based ideas that you want to to share with your family. And I, I love that it's been able to help families come together and learn and grow together. And it's a great way for you to have open and honest discussions with your kids about the things that they're learning that relate to life or their future or the experiences that they are having. That's great. Nicole, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. I already know what this is. If I could have a superpower, it would be to freeze time. And I would go and do all of the things that I that I needed to do and then unfreeze time and, and spend it with the people that matter most to me. Or I might all also um, binge Netflix because that happens to be a, a problem of mine. But either way, I would do it spending time with the people or the things that I love. <laughs> Great answer. I saw on Facebook that you recently went to Disneyland with your family. Yes, that was so fun. I, I'm a Disney fanatic in a different stage of life. When I was in college, I actually worked for Walt Disney World. So I'm like a super Disney fan. And it was just so fun to get to share those things with my kids now that they're a little bit bigger. And we were able to do Disneyland without a stroller. So that was a neat <laughs> You have arrived when, you, right? when that happens. Yep. So we are rapidly approaching 22 minutes. It always goes by so fast. So just quickly recap your six steps to finding better balance and what would your final message be to all our listeners out there? Those six steps, like I said, I call them mom resolutions. They are first, I am valuable. Second, dreams are real. Third, 
define and protect my roles. Fourth, leverage my time. Fifth, cherish my children. And sixth, everyone needs playdates. I know they're kind of random, but I really believe that they can help overwhelmed women, overwhelmed moms find themselves again. So even if you're a, a man that's listening and you know an overwhelmed woman, you can point her in the direction of my website because I offer a free audio training and guidebook to help women work through these six resolutions. So at momnc.com, it's called the Mom Relief Kit. And you can leave your email and download that and and work through it on your own and, and help yourself out of that overwhelm. Oh, that's a great offer to our listeners. <clears throat> there is joy in life, and we do get caught up in all the things that we have to do. And some of those things are really joyous as well. I mean, raising families is a lot of fun, but it can get overwhelming. And so that's that's wonderful that you, uh, yeah, just take time to go through each of those uh, six steps. So, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for uh, enlightening our listeners on how to find joy in life. Oh, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.